This is the What If We Keep It Real podcast. I am your host, Henry Sondo. And I'm your host, Ben Oden. And I'm quite unsure what we're talking about today. This is a freestyle session. So yeah, we, we had about? plans. We came through and um, after a lot of conversation, I think we've arrived at something we would like to talk about today. Right. Um, and I guess we can start this conversation by, you know... It's not a lot of conversation, by the way, but... Huh? This is, we didn't have a lot of conversation. <laughs> I think it was a good 20 minutes. That's a lot of conversation. <laughs> Over so, a topic. And then we just said, let's speak about that. Yeah. So, so, so let's go back to like, I think 2020. I think, I, I think that was the year. Right. Um, where, you know, I think in the span of that one year, at least from the top of my head, I can think of two world famous Christian pastors, leaders. Right. Um, that where news came out essentially, women came out that says that said they were victims of their unfaithfulness right. in living a righteous life. Mm-hmm. I think there are like rape allegations, you know, unfaithfulness in marriage. I mean, all that came out. Right. Um, and. The and people other, that and talk- other forms of sexual morality. Yes. So the people that I'm talking about, uh, one is um, Nani Uyu, Carl Lentz from oh my God. Hillsong, New York. And then the other one is um, Ravi Zacharias, who is the famous apologist. You couldn't help yourself but mention the names, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's not, this is not like news. I mean, everybody knows about this. So with Ravi, on the other hand, he is, he is someone I know that you followed. Um, so when that came out, what was running through your mind? Yeah, what was your reaction? I was like, nah, this ain't real. Can't this be. is a lie. This is a lie. Um, I think it's... You um, thought it was like, you know, you know, what is it? People just jumping onto the Me Too movement and try to destroy a man's reputation. I'm, I'm, first of all, don't put me in a corner like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we be canceled. <laughs> Like any shout out to the Me Too movement. Like any, of course, people have abused uh, that movement. And and Nawatu Kawaida, what they try and do is whenever they feel unheard, hurt, or any kind of negative emotion, they attribute it to to abuse. So, the, but there's also been um, this thirst. I don't want to call it a thirst. Like you need to see great men, women, be it in the faith or in entertainment, uh, to see them fall. It's almost like people are happy to see you crumble. And that is the truth, though. People are happy to see you crumble once you've made it. So the first thing that came to mind was like, nah, it can't be this dude. It can't mm. be him. Because I'm going to at least. Maybe. I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I'm, like I'm judging a book by its cover. Like in a, for someone like Ravi, I thought, damn, man, this, yeah. this is a guy who's well put. He's a person who, who defended the gospel who had a happy family and a happy home and he did Yeah. You know, but, but as we, as we know, you know, a lot of people mask stuff with, uh, with happy, you know, cohesive and. Yeah. Well and I think families. it was just another reminder that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse anything here, but I think it was another reminder that we were all sinful people. Right. And that calling or purpose or anointing, does not make you any more righteous than the next person. Right. I think sometimes we tend to think that there's a, I mean, there's a, certainly there's a correlation between anointing and righteousness, right? If you're someone who is called to serve the Lord uh, in a very, um, how do I put this? There's a very specific calling on your life. Right. If that's the case, then we would like to assume that we will see some fruit in your life because you have a responsibility. And so if you're going to be preaching, we hope that you will live what you preach. Right. Um, if you're going to be discipling people, we hope that you're going to be a faithful disciple. So there's a correlation in that way. But, and I think part of that is, I guess, our own expectations as people. But I think in reality, we tend to forget that people are sinners and people will always be sinners. And unfortunately, with some of these people, like, you know, the greater you are in the eyes of man, 
the greater your fall. All right. Compared to, you know, if that's, if some, you know, nobody pastor somewhere uh, in the trenches of whatever street you're listening or whatever street is closer to your, where you live, uh-huh. um, does something like that. It's terrible. It's still terrible because, you know, people are hurt, you know, people are taken advantage of. It's still terrible, but it's not news. Right. But because the person who did these things is someone that has brought so many into the kingdom, their impact in the kingdom, at least from a man's point of view, is so great, then the fall is even greater. And, and, that's, and that's the shame, to be honest, about the whole thing. Well, number one, the comment. I don't think the level of anointing, you know, is directly correlated to the level of righteousness. I think yeah. we're all made righteous just as equally mm-hmm. through Christ. However, let me put it this way. The manifestation of the righteousness that Christ bestows upon you. So fruit, basically. I'm talking about like, you know, living out the truth that you have come to know. Again, same. Not, not, not righteousness before God, because yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's Christ alone. Absolutely. But I mean, like, and the level is the same for everybody. Yeah, but I mean like Christian living. I mean, living out the truth that we have all called to live by. Yeah, I think I think the shock on that one, if we're going to go spiritually according to the word, is that not only does God hold you to a higher standard, but men also hold you to a higher standard. Yeah. Like people pass the wapi nawapi, you know, if they did something like that, there's no such thing as falling, right? Yeah. And I think you can only fall where you're carried to such a high or put put in such a a pedestal. What on a chocolate? That's what it is. And you have these mega church pastors who they thrive in not only, I choose to believe Kumbayas in preaching the word of God, like they also thrive in gaining the attention of men. Yeah. So once they fall, once they make a mistake, people judge them so harshly. And, and the reason why many of them fall is because people are not even adhering or following the word of God. They were actually following the man many times, mm-hmm. even with Ravi. Yeah. You have apologists who Ravi was their authoritative speaker, voice, sorry, instead of scripture, even though maybe to him, scripture was more authoritative to people. He was the, they look at, they look to Ravi to understand what God is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, Lakini, another thing that I like to talk about with my friends, Gomba, what we fail to do as Christians is to separate the man from the post, the man from the position. Do you think we, we, are we supposed to do that? Let me put it that way. Of course. Of course. But do so you know it's, what, it's that whole thing of like, you know, listen to what I say, but not what, don't do what I do. No, that's what they say. <laughs> from priests, talk about a Catholic church to pastors, to evangelists. They say, just listen to what I do. No one says, hold me accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are some who do that, but okay. Yeah. But are, are we really holding them accountable? Like, I'm talking about Komba separating the man. Komba number one, knowing Komba is a man. Like Ben, or she is a and, woman, or she is a woman. Ben yeah. and Henry, they're same. Yeah, they're just, they're just dudes. men. They're just dudes, man. Yeah. Joyce Meyer and, and Christina Bokasege, Bokasege, Bokasege 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 yeah. Who happen to hold a certain position of mm-hmm. power and influence? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a president, I'm, I'm not a faulty, just maybe the kingdom that they're operating but, in. But, but, but where do you think responsibility comes in? Because I think there are people who are like, no, 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 that's just like, that's a cop out, Gomba, trying to look for a way out of this situation. You know, if you hold posi- a certain position, you have to be responsible for what you do, what you say, and the consequences of your actions or your words. But that's the unfortunate truth, Sasa. The only reason why you have to be more responsible, actually, everyone has to be responsible. Like in the reason why you have to be more responsible because there are people actually behind you who follow you. Mm -hmm. Some people are led to Christ through you. So their doctrine of Christianity or biblical doctrine is founded upon what you have taught them. Mm-hmm. So once you fall, or you, once you commit such an egregious sin in the eyes of men, airports, pe- air, air, mm-hmm. <laughs> airports in the eyes of men, uh, the same men tend to hold you accountable uh, because 
they haven't they feel like they haven't trusted you with that position hmm. even the position is god given domana kuna pastor moja alisema this guy has a god so i said look i am better than david mm-hmm. i think we've talked about that as well i don't remember anyways he said i am better than david so kuongea vibaya lakini huyu this dude did everything that he should not have done Mm-hmm. You know, but if he was here now, David, and leader Kihivio, a spiritual leader, as he was Wakatiule, would he be cancelled or not? Who, David? David, King David. If David was 2021. 2021 David. Definitely cancelled. He probably, yani kavunja, like almost every commandment. Yeah, if there's a guy in the Bible <laughs> who would do a masterclass on what not to do, David would definitely be on the lineup. But God called him a man after my own heart. Yeah, but why? I think the reason is why. The problem the, the reason why is number one is what we're called to do today. Not only because he was a worshiper, but he was a person who no, repented but actually what, pe- what, what people tend to overlook is that God held David responsible for his actions. After he did what he did, he always, said that your house mm-hmm. is not going to be in order because right. you know you did this thing and guess what? You're going to lose your child. Yes. Your kingdom is going to be destroyed. Absolutely. You know, like the promise to bring the Messiah through his lineage, I'll keep that promise. Right. Because it ain't about you. That's, like about, about, that's you. about the whole world. <laughs> Eternity. <laughs> yeah. That's so about you, me. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Um, I'll, I'll retain that part of the promise. But your lineage and your, you know, royal lineage, essentially, you know, like the earthly royal lineage, yeah. That's that going to be destroyed. And clearly it came to an end. It came to an end. Um, yeah. to, to this day, 2021, there, there isn't a king in Israel. No. Um, and so, and there hasn't been one in a very long time. That man. empire fell a long time exactly. ago, right? A long time, way before Christ. So, you see that there were actual consequences to his actions. Absolutely. So, God still called him a man after my own heart. And I think a large part of that is because, you know, of how repentant David was. Right. And how he truly knew God's heart. Like, you right. know, he was a man, he was, you know, flesh got the best of him. Um, but I think he understood God's heart and he was a person who was interested in justice and he lost his way. And, and when yep. he did, um, God made sure that there are consequences to, you know, he wasn't pardoned like, you know, okay, since we're buddies, you know, you're not going to go through all of this. So sometimes we tend to overlook that part. That no. yes, the the end of David's life was not pretty at all. No, it was not. It wasn't pretty. But uh, of course, every day, you can make a choice, no matter how good or bad it is. But we can't control the consequences of our choices. And clearly, that was evident in in in, in David's life. That was clearly evident in his in his child Solomon's life as well. But God is going to hold you accountable. He might not remove you from that position. Lakini there's always consequences uh, which, which brings me to what I don't know if Solomon wrote this but it's in the book of Proverbs right uh, Proverbs 27 verse 12 mm. um, and it says the prudent or in other words the wise right the smart mm-hmm. um, the prudent sees danger and hides from it the prudent sees danger and hides from it mm-hmm. but the simple go on and suffer for it mm-hmm. so basically whoever wrote this proverb says that people who are smart people who are wise people who know better when they see danger they hide from it right but people who are simple minded people who are dumb people mm-hmm. who are stupid they see danger and they go on did david write any it's problems? someone who's driving a car full speed right and you know that this road ends there and then this is the cliff and i'm gonna you know drive into the ocean and you still go mm-hmm. like full speed like you know what live fast die young yellow and so <laughs> But I think for me, what, what interests me here is that the fact that the prudent see danger and they hide from it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, most of the time, we see danger. Like, no one who's married and looks at a, an attractive woman and they are tempted, they are aroused, they are attracted, 
no married man looks at that situation and doesn't necessarily see the danger. Right. They see the danger, but they don't hide from it. Uh-huh. They go on. Uh-huh. Um, people who are blessed financially, whether through investment or their job or whatever, however that money came from, and then they have certain spending habits. It's not like you don't see the danger, but it's like you, there's this part of our brain that whenever we see danger, either we silence and push that, like, you know what, just shut up. I want to enjoy this. I want to go on. I want to I find out how this whole thing ends. Right. Oh, there's that part of our brain that says, okay, red alert, like red flag, let's get out of here right now. Mm-hmm. And so looking at this, Verse. Oh, well, I want to see your point of view. Do you think then this means that a lot of these mistakes that have been committed by these famous, and I'm saying famous because we all make mistakes. It's just that some of us are lucky enough to not be famous, so we get the away with a lot. Glass yeah, is so, much so, so we get away with a lot of our mistakes. Most definitely. But a lot of these mistakes that are committed by people who are famous. Do you think they could have been avoided? Looking at this scripture, knowing that I'm pretty sure like when Ravi was doing what he was doing, it's not like he didn't know that this was dangerous because he preached some of this stuff. And the so he, yeah, too. So, exactly. <laughs> so you know this is wrong. You know this is going to be trouble, but you still do it. You look at Carl Lentz, I mean, in his situation, like I would like to believe that they knew this was wrong. But what is it that... And your guy, John Gray, too. Yeah, right. so, so, so why is it that you... Not to mention What, what, what makes one person flee from danger and one just go on, hoping that there would be the exception, hoping that, you know, it wouldn't end badly? <clears throat> See, you... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but, but what, I can, what I can actually say, Nikwamba, that word is true, because the word of God is true. And... Uh, you know, it, it applies in every area of your life, not just spiritually. If you see danger, if you see a lion coming this way, there's no way you're going towards that lion. If you see a wild animal Unless coming, you think of yourself as Samson. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Because a lot of people think that I can do it. And, and most of us, when I say most of us, I don't mean like we've done it, Ben. I'm just saying just as human beings, as men especially, because this is going to about women. We feel like we have the strength, the power, the self-control to say, eh, when it comes down to it, I'll say no, right? Let me test the limits of how far I can get. There's a certain level of excitement that comes with it. Now, the question is, it just so happens many of them, if not most of them, are married. The, now, the question becomes, it's not just you being a man. You're not only a man at this point, you're also a husband then what makes you go to somebody else? And by God has given you help already. When I say help, I don't, I don't mean just a helper, but it means a helper physically as well, sexually as well, emotionally as well. Why do you go chase that in another person? Number one, it tells you, but God, you're basically telling God, um, this person, this help that you've given me isn't sufficient. Let's just begin there. Luckily, like number two, we also have to look deeper and say, what is causing this guy to flirt around with danger and not flee from it. That's, that's actually a pretty good title for this podcast, Flirting with Danger. Yeah, anyways, go <laughs> on. Tweet that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Flirting with Danger. We didn't have a title on this one. Uh-huh. So that's the real question. What would make it that way? Now, you might say there's a level of excitement. You're not exposed to much, but there's a level of excitement. Could be neglect at home, I don't care, see Julie. Right? That's because you're a therapist for that. Like, you know, for these men who have, um, who have exposure to, to a lot of people, on one hand, they need to have a lot of care, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, apply a lot of wisdom, a lot of discretion, and sound judgment. Like, you know, at the same time, you have to understand if someone's only your flesh. It just so happens that you fall. Any great man that you see even throughout scripture has been betrayed by their flesh. The only way we could say, Kwamba, for you to actually um, successfully apply that verse is for you to actually deny your flesh at all times and avoid every single kind of danger. 
to be stealing money, funds from the church. That's one thing. Is this the real question? Is why does it? Why does the fall of man always have to involve Sex. a sexual act? That's the biggest thing. Well, you because I don't know if it's this prudence thing, you know, observing danger and, and hiding from it. We've done that. We've done that in so many areas. Yeah. But and when it, it comes it, to this, why can't we be like Joseph and um, say, "I'm running." Okay, I'll tell you another joke. It's not a joke, but it's funny. There's a pastor who said everything else can be saved in man, but his sexual organs and his sexual desires, that can't be saved. But mm. all you need to do is just run away from it. You know? So if you, if you toy with it in any kind of way, if you try to pray yourself out of something, you're putting yourself into something. So it's just a matter of just fleeing, literally just flee. So anyways, back to yeah, that question. And Why I does th- it have to be sexual? Um, why does it have to be sexual? I don't know. I think sexual immorality is something that in the eyes of Christians, you know, we, it's one of the great ones, air quotes, right? Like it's one of the great sins that people um, can commit. And I think in the eyes of people who are not Christians, it's the one thing they always like wait mm. until Christians commit yeah. just to call you out. Oh, like, yeah. see, you see, all this just, talk, you just like us, yeah. All this talk, and you got nothing to show for it. You're no so, different. So I think that's just the, you know, it's the standard that we have. Um, but but I think at the same time, it's one of the sins that yes, it can take a very short time in terms of mm-hmm. you know, it could as well be that someone meets somebody and within thirty minutes they're hooking up. It just so happens. But in most cases, that's not necessarily true. Right. It takes some time. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody was flirting with somebody. Up. Yeah, there's a buildup. You know, there's a relationship. Uh, there's that sense of pursuit right. that's involved. Um, and so, from either party. Yeah, especially for people who are like big time players, like these guys, and you know, they're married and they have families, and you don't just like it doesn't just happen that quickly. Like it's it's something that you build up over a long period of time. And if that's the case, then that means you are toying, like what you're saying, you're flirting with danger for a while, mm-hmm. which is where the disappointment comes in. Like you had, you had the time to actually stop this thing, mm-hmm. but you didn't. So I think all those factors put together, and I'm sure there are many other factors as well involved. Um, that's why people can get quite judgy about it. You know, something like a lie, a lie can be something that happens in the moment. Right. You know, somebody's put, you know, in the corner and then boom, they just say something to, to get out of the situation. And that's about it. A lot of the stuff, bribes, it's the same thing. Boom. Uh-huh. You know, police catches you doing something and you don't even think about it. You just like, you know, cash out and then you, you're out of the situation. So a lot of the sins really are in the spur of the moment. And then that's why no one is thrown out of ministry because they were lustful, right? Because that can happen in the moment. Oh, yeah. um, but actually committing the thing. It's like you contemplated this. It's like, it's like premeditated Murder. sin, right? <laughs> like you <laughs> took your time with this one. You could have stopped it, but you didn't. Um, and so that's the standard. Plus, yeah. The standard is, let's be honest, let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that they toyed, flooded with danger and fell into it. The actual fact is you got exposed because many times, people around the churches and leadership, they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that they don't know what's going on and they've just given you supposed, I don't know if you want to call it grace, let it be that, like you know, misguided grace for such a long time, maybe a number of years. The only mistake comes when for some reason it's public. It's made public. That's when yeah. people go, oh my God. Exactly. So now you find... No, exactly. So that's, that's the defense they use. But all your, your, um, you're putting a stain on, 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 on the name of Christ and the no, name but of I the think gospel. It, However, hmm. in reality, why I think they removed from ministry is not because they've painted a bad name for Christ and their fruits were bad fruit. It's the fact that we're going, we need to protect the institution that we've built over yeah. time. I mean, that's, no, a, that's, that's a whole other topic. I think this whole, you know, institution versus kingdom. Exactly. I mean, it's a whole thing. But I think something else that I wanted to add there as well. Sexual sin is one of those sins that actually breaks up a family. Absolutely. Um, for your wife to consider leaving you because you've paid bribes somewhere, like she has to be like super, I don't know, like... 
You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, can't should, even, I can't even think no, of it. She'll be pious. If she does Not that, even like, pious, like <laughs> extremely, right? Where she would be like, you know what, this is... Because the truth is, even if she's like super pious or holy or righteous or whatever, if her child right. commits some ridiculous crime and could potentially go to jail, she wouldn't hesitate to pay whoever she needs to pay to get that kid out of prison. Okay. Right? So I think all these other sins, you know, like we always give each other passes. Um, but I think with this, another layer to it is that it destroys a family. Right. It could potentially destroy. I mean, some people, they survive, you know, all these things. But I think it, destroy, it destroys a marriage. Mm-hmm. When kids, when kids found, find out, it, even if your parents stay together, it, it messes the them up big time, right? Right. So it's, its impact, its effect is, it's like this, it just spirals. It spirals and spirals and spirals. It's, it's just, a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's intergenerational. Sometimes it, the effects can go to the next generation. It's like it's... African parents are talking about cool, you No, and here's the thing, and I'm saying... It's wrong, it's wrong. I'm just... Yeah, or to say my even deal, like, as someone who has parents, as someone who has friends who have parents, as someone who's an animation, anime owner, Right. And up, up until this point in my life, I have seen enough to know that that never ends well. We try to normalize it by saying, ah, all kinds of excuses. But the truth is, it doesn't end well. It just doesn't. Right. I think the only way of that th- situation working is if from jump, people say, listen, this is not a monogamous situation. Uh-huh. We will have our thing, but I have the liberty of doing my thing. You have the liberty of doing your own thing. And everybody knows that. People who are in those situations, life is fantastic. That's why even Muslims, like, if the dad takes care of all of the families that he has, you don't see anybody catching feelings mm-hmm. because it's like everybody knows what the situation and is about. they coexist. Yeah, so there are, there are no false expectations. But I think with Christian families, there are expectations that if we are your family, then we are the center of your life. You know, we are the only ones. So, of course, when then you get word that, you know, there's another situation happening out there, disappointment and all kinds of things arise and everything else. But anyways, back to topic now. This whole concept of seeing danger and staying away from it. We've talked about, you know, the sexual aspect of things, but I think I am really, it's something that I'm exploring in my life that is it possible to avoid danger altogether? Because it says if, you know, the wise, but then the wise, but then the book, same book of Proverbs says that, you know what, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, is it wisdom or understanding, right? So does it mean that he or she who fears the Lord is the one who can actually see danger? Because, you know, if, if you fear God, you're going to know him, you're going to know the word, which means you'll be able to spot these dangers very quickly. Like right. your sensitivity to danger, it's like that instinct, that animal instinct. You know, if you're in the jungle, a monkey can just sense something is about to go down. Yeah, whether it's the wind, like, whether it's... <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but... And you, you actually see them turn like, yo. <laughs> if you watch like yeah, all these animal shows, like there's this animal instinct, instinct. that they have something is about to go. We call, we call it the sixth sense, fifth, sixth sense? Yeah, so it, it could like be that. that. So I think if someone truly has the fear of the Lord, if someone truly um, knows God and reveres God, you develop that sense where you just know something is going to go down here and I got to get up out of here. You know what? I disagree. You disagree? The fear of God doesn't help you... Um, have that sixth sense. What does? You have it as a human being. It's, it's just something that you've been to. God has given you that ability to, to, see, to be able to see some things. What the fear of the Lord does, if it's the beginning of wisdom, mm-hmm. and we believe that wisdom is applied knowledge, mm-hmm. is that once you notice these things, you're quickly, you're quickly, you're, 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 so you're quickly driven to actually say, you know what, I need to get out of here. That's what the fear of the Lord does. And what the fear of the Lord says is that I revere the Lord so much that I will deny myself 
Okay. Uh, the price of, of gratifying myself through that sin. I'm going to choose the Lord over my own flesh at this point. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It doesn't mean I'm scared of God, right? It means I revere God so much that I'm willing to, 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 to put this aside to please God. Mm-hmm. So that wisdom that God gives you through his Holy Spirit uh, is when the Holy Spirit convicts you, right? He's given you the grace or the ability as well to actually obey the voice. That is your decision, by the way. God is not moving your foot. I've told you, I've given you this sign. Now you use your wisdom. Be wise and prudent. Make sound judgment and flee from it. That's what the fear of the Lord does. It doesn't, you're being able to see danger, man. That's but, but, pretty, but, but something else that I just thought of right now is right. that we live in a world where danger is portrayed as something exciting. It is. Instead of actually being portrayed as something dangerous, something fatal. Like, you know, there's even a song called Dangerous by Beyonce, right? There's one by Michael Jackson. Michael is an old- The girl is bad. No, but I think- The girl is dangerous. Isn't that his old album called Dangerous or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, it's a whole thing. So, danger is exciting. Mm -hmm. Even the song is meant to be exciting. And I think the truth is, many of of our reflexes is that as soon as you feel a little bit of danger, you're excited. Like, oh, okay, you Scientifically know. Scientifically proven, but there, there are certain levels of, I don't know what the chemical is called. Yeah, I think dopamine hit or like exactly. dopamine or something dopamine, is released. Or yeah. like, and, but how do we retrain or unlearn this? Like, how do we unlearn the concept that danger is exciting and get to a point where danger is fatal? I shouldn't be playing with danger. I shouldn't be excited because the situation is dangerous. Because I think some of us, that's the problem, is that that animal instinct... It's still there, but instead of fleeing from danger, you want to embrace it because it's exciting. Uh-huh. And so, so even in fact, some people go out of their way to seek danger. Right. Like they can't like for the name of thrill. Like and being adrenaline. in a place that is danger free is boring for them. Mm-hmm. That's why some people, even with their families, like it's hard, it's boring because it's like it's mundane. It's, it requires discipline. Yeah, it's and discipline is boring for the most Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Because, you know, maintaining routines and, you know, it's like doing the same thing over and over again. It's, it's boring. And so how do we unlearn the concept that danger is exciting? And how do we, I guess, relearn the actual natural human instinct that danger is bloody dangerous? Like people who lived in the jungle weren't excited when danger came around because you could, you could die. I want to say the N-word. I, I like, you could die, right? <laughs> you could die. So, so it's not something to be playing around with. But I think in the 21st century, we play with danger too much. Oh, man, it reminds me of the gods must be crazy in that movie. Yeah, I know, Bushman. Bushman, yeah. But I think it's not an issue of learning and unlearning because then you put too much weight to the fact that you learned dangers. Is exciting. Well, this whole concept of danger is exciting. That's something that we were all socialized to adapt and learn. Like it's not, it's not natural. It's, it's not, not natural, natural for, for a man or for a human being rather. You know, when we say man, by the way, we mean human being. It's just like a, we're going all biblical with this one. Right. But I think when, when, I don't think it's natural for a human being to find danger exciting. It's not natural. It's unnatural. I think we need to get to a place where we accept things or take things for what they are. And danger is dangerous. That's all it is. We don't need to unlearn nothing. Because you, you have not unlearned the fact that danger is dangerous. The reason why danger is exciting is because I'm going to toy with the very, um, not dichotomy, but like any of, of life and death. Even when people just jump off bridges, I don't understand. Maybe I'm too black for that. I don't know. It's exciting, there's some kind of adrenaline. Like he doesn't remove from the fact, but he knows what he's doing is dangerous. But anything could go wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to risk it for the imagine what it would be so if th- it doesn't th- happen. Thrill seeking. Thrill seeking. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it would be if I don't, if, if the worst doesn't happen. Imagine, just imagine. For example, well, here's the thing. I ain't gonna imagine, dude. Because here's the thing. I don't do that bungee jumping or any other okay, stuff. So <laughs> I ain't doing none of that. No. Guys, 
our skin color in Rashida. Not to bring race into this, but black people with certain sports. I personally am not for I, that. I, I, I mean, I know, I, mean I, know, I know, I know a lot of dudes who, who are black who do that. You I'm know, not and, doing and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, but I think uh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that either. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, to be honest, I am not that exciting. Yeah, I'm not jumping off a helicopter in the Grand Canyon. No, None of that stupid. stuff. If the helicopter works pretty well, could, why could, should you jump? I could die. And that's the same thing. There's probably thing. like one in a million chances that that would happen, but there's still one. Exactly. But if you use that same metaphor, if the helicopter or the plane works perfectly well, why would I jump out of a plane? Why would I jump out of a plane to land when I could land but I think it's, pretty it's, safely? It's this, I, don't know, I don't know at what point, but... We want thrill because gambling is the same thing. Yeah. It's like these simulated experiences because we're no longer in the jungle. It's we're, losing versus winning. Yeah. It, it, but I think it's maybe, maybe it's a result of, I guess, the human evolutionary experience. When I say that, it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, like Darwinian or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think the whole aspect of, you know, at one point we were living with animals, you know, we were living in jungles before we started building cities and stuff like that. And so I think maybe over time, genetically, there is that, maybe we miss that jungle life. But I'm and, pretty and, sure and, we and, built cities to get away from animals. Exactly, but I'm saying, but maybe, you know, as residue of that whole life that we lived in that point right. in time, maybe there is that need in us for danger because, you know, for maybe hundreds of years, people, you know, lived in this constant danger like this feeling i don't know if it's the adrenaline that you know what i could die like you know moving from one city to the next i would encounter a few animals right there i mean i've heard stories of my grandmother or my uncle like you know in tanzania like this is like 50 60 years ago who you know going out to tend sheep or something or goats or cows you know you, you encounter a lion you encounter a large snake like whatever the so i think maybe a part of that is like you know what We've developed as a people, we live in cities now, we've reduced a lot of the um, risk. And so, but then we still crave that thrill that comes from danger. And so we've created all kinds of simulated experience to show that like gambling, uh, bungee jumping, you know, people go deep sea diving, people do all kinds of things, right? You know, climbing mountains and doing all kinds of experiences to just simulate that whole thing. And I think that's okay because it's, most of these things are like, you know, um, safe and there are measures that are taken, but I think sometimes we take it too far where we apply it in our own personal lives, where we put, because I think when you go to all those experiences, there are always people right there ready to, you know, if something goes, or <coughs> something wrong, goes wrong, they intervene. Right? right. But I think when you put your finances at risk, for the sake of seeking a thrill. Not when you put your be. marriage at risk for the sake of seeking right. a thrill, when you put your kids at risk, when you put your job at risk, your ministry at risk, the reputation of us as a collective body of Christ at risk for the sake of thrill seeking, I think that's irresponsible. Absolutely. Sorry. <clears throat> Again, we go back to, to what you value the most is do we value the things in our lives that are most important, that we claim to be most important to us, be it your family? Because the person who cares about his finances will do anything to increase the value of what he holds rather than decrease it, right? If a person has a cohesive family, a loving family, he'll do whatever he, he can to actually keep it cohesive, or make sure that they continue to in love, right? Mm. And that's the same everywhere. Now the question becomes, if you're willing to risk it, has the value of what you're risking depreciated in your eyes? Mm. And that's an honest question to ask. And if your answer is, 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 is yes, then there's a problem. And if the answer is no, the question becomes, so why are you going to risk depreciating the value? Not only mm. in your eyes, but in, in the different individuals who collectively make up that institution, be it your family, be it your ministry. Why are you willing to put that at risk? Mm. You know? What we get on is about, I mean, I love my family. But it just so happened. Like in the word of God says, once you see it, you ought to hide from it. Like in, at the same time, now, same again, this issue of flesh is such a big issue. And even if you look at scriptural patterns, 
it doesn't mean, for example, if I asked you that question, did David, did he see the kingdom? Did he depreciate the value of his kingdom or what God has given him in his eyes? Probably not. So why did he fall? And I, and I hate the fact, Mamba, they have every right to feel hurt. No, Mamba, you don't love the family. No, that's not true. It doesn't mean, Mamba, every mistake is a direct representation of the value you hold onto something. It's not true. Sometimes it just so happens. Like, in how can we come to the realization, number one, separating the man from the mistake? Mamba, number one, it's just a mistake. The man and the mistake are not one and the same, right? Mm-hmm. And number two, how can we come to a place where we can rebuild this person or make sure this person goes into a state of rehab to correct him and, and, and lead him to a place where he grows and learns from that mistake? We're not quick to say. And most people lose their families, especially Kahawatu. It's because even Kusabuatu, when I was Unguka, there's so much pressure. As much as there's pressure to do something, there is pressure to let go of some things. So your, your choice, kuna pressure. The consequences of your choice and how people react, there's pressures around it. So unakuta, everything we do, there's so much pressure around it. Kwamba, mimi nashindwa kujizuia, which is not true. Kwamba, you're able to. Like, if you feel like I'm unable to do it. Now, the person who gets hurt or the victim of that situation finds it also hard to forgive and, and, and move on from, from that mistake. So it's just a great, it's a great dilemma, man. Like in before we even continue, let me ask you a question. To mention in passing. Yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't condemn anyone, no. The real question is, we've discussed this, is how come the same doesn't happen to, to leaders uh, or spiritual leaders in Africa? Because the same thing happens. Yeah, um, I think... Tonight, pr- probably, Kupindukia. I think... The idea is that it's pretty bad out here, bro. <laughs> it is hard to cancel Africans <laughs> in any sphere of African life. Right. It's hard to cancel African political leaders, mm-hmm. entertainers, right. corporate leaders. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone might get accused of like sexual assault and a month later, like life is... Kaida too. Kaida. Animation in the there. Mm-hmm. It's just hard. And I, I don't really know why it's so hard to cancel. And I'm not saying that we cancel culture should come here, by the way. No. I, I'm not, I don't believe in that. We're not. about reconciliation culture, not cancel yes, culture. Yeah, so I, we don't believe in that. Right. But I think even consequences. Most of these dudes... Don't, there are no consequences to their actions. Uh-huh. And I believe in consequences, like in terms of like, you know, especially for someone who is in a position of power. Right. When you hurt people, when you put people in unnecessary danger as a result of your negligence. Right. There has to be consequences to, to, to you know, what you've done. Checks and balances. Exactly. But most, in most, most cases... No consequences. Dudes just do what they do and it is what it is. And, and so I don't really know why, to be honest with you. I just, I don't know why. It's hard to pin it to something. Either, it could be a few things. If you're speaking about religious, right? In Africa, a lot of the spiritual leaders have successfully um, convinced people. Indoctrinated. To, yeah, to have this reverence for, for the man of God. Right. To have reverence for the woman of God. Because they have, are the voice. And there is this, and there is this concept, and I don't know if it's biblical. I've never actually checked, but I've always rejected it. So maybe I've been rejecting something biblical or not. I'm not really sure. But this concept of don't speak ill of the man of God, don't speak ill of the woman of God. So as a result of that, even if you do things, even if you hear things, even if there's proof, you're terrified of speaking ill of the man of God or woman of God because you know. You might get sick. God might curse you. I mean, it's weird what people they believe out there. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a combination of factors. Those are two that I can mention that I think there is a true reverence for the man or the woman of God in Africa. There is like, these guys are untouchable, yeah. right? And when they do shady things, you don't speak ill of them. Mm-hmm. Like God is going to, you know, hold you accountable to what you're saying. God is going to punish you for calling them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they're, you know, shaming them. Not, okay, shaming. 
is definitely something that shouldn't be done. So that's not the right word. But I think calling them out is essentially putting Christ's reputation at risk. So even what we're doing in this episode, the mere fact that we've mentioned names, in the eyes of other Christians, this is irresponsible. Like, why do you have to do it? You know, right. it's like you're putting Christ's reputation at risk. Like, no, no we're not. Not really. Yeah, like, we're not I think, necessarily. I think Paul said that, but we might not have the right to judge people outside of the kingdom, outside the church. Like, definitely for people within the body of Christ. We call each other out. We call each other out. He used the word judging. Well, that's a tough one. Yeah. But you, it means call them out and hold and, them and accountable. And I don't see how calling someone out, calling a Christian leader out, is bad for the kingdom. I don't see how it's that is. Good it's good It's good for the kingdom. We're not saying get out of that position that God has anointed you exactly. for. Exactly. Call me out. You're saying, because if you call me out... Get yourself together. Before I actually do something shady, you've actually done something good for the kingdom because then now I've stopped before... Even, even if you've done something shady and I call you out, it says it serves the purpose of saying... I can reverse the situation. Reverse it. It's, it's not too late. Yes. It's not too late. Yes. And I think we need to start viewing it... Um, that way that we have this uh, power and ma- mandate to hold each other accountable. Yeah, and, ac- and accountability is key. Accountability right? is key. Even as friends, whoever you're with, holding each other accountable and, and being able to slap someone on the chest and be like, dude, you're, you're failing in this area. Mm. Uh, so even the issue of seeing danger and hiding from it, uh, it's not your job alone. alone. Mm. Because sometimes you fail not only to see the danger, but even if you see the danger, sometimes you're too weak to flee or hide yeah. from danger. And the people around you who are going to hold you accountable or your accountability partners have a part to play, according to that verse. Sometimes you ain't got to be an accountability partner. I, I, think, I, I don't think an accountability partner is the person you choose. I think anybody who can hold you accountable yes. is an accountability partner. Anybody who partner. has access to certain to, information about how you live in. That's your accountability yeah. partner. So the ability to come, if they can see something or you both see it, some people, sometimes you need to shield the person that you're with. Because clearly you know what's a haba. I'm being honest. Because sometimes you see haba, Yamato boy. Yeah. Yamato boy. And if you can see that danger in a person's life, then you can also step in and be like, bro, if you can't see this, then I'm going to protect you from this, mm. lest you fall. Mm. You know? And I don't know how you can give access to pastors to but the whole point of this conversation... With pastors, because, you know, they're like, you know, guarded and, you know, not as accessible, accessible, some by design, Uh Um, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. You can only pray for these people, right? Right. Um, But I think if there's access, then certainly. And for the people who have access to people in positions of power, you have responsibility to speak the truth. That's one thing under the point as well. Come by access. People in power have access to to the rest of to the rest of the population. But the rest of the population doesn't have access. Seldom has access to. And if somebody has access to anything, that means they have power. Yes, access is power. Access is power. So to not allow which is like almost saying like an R and B artist, right? You think about the top R and B artists. It's so hard for these people to get married. And if they do get married, clearly something is going to go south. It's because the fact that they have access to every single woman or man, woman, woman or man be it a lady or whatever. 2021, so anyways, some sinful behaviors that we, we're not willing to talk about. Like any, you have access and sometimes it's so tough. It's either you give up your position that you hold, I'm not going to be that artist or pass in this, in this sense, or you say, for most people. So we have to also understand that. And how can we be great, you know, the Matthew 25, great stewards of, of the talents that God has given you, come by the position of power that God has placed you in. Because at the end of the day, he's going to come back and say, what did you do with it? You know, not only you personally, uh, because the first thing I've given you to steward is yourself. But what about the other things that I've given you to steward? They're people. There's a ministry. Believe it or not, even though it does not affect the reality of the image of Christ will never be affected. Lakini, in the eyes of man, the effect of Christ in your life can be diminished. Mm. And that is what God is going to hold us accountable for. And I think if we get to that realization and that truth, we don't need to unlearn anything. We just have to accept the fact that the word of God uh, is true. 
the word of God might pierce you, but nonetheless, the word of God is put in such a way so it can benefit you. It's always for your good and for the glory of God. And, and as believers, if we come to that realization, I think that's a good starting point mm-hmm. uh, uh, in terms of being able to hide from, from danger and uh, resist the flirtation. Yeah, and, I, and I think that's a good point to end with in terms yeah. of accountability. Right. Um, because, yeah, the Bible clearly says, you know, a, a wise person sees danger and they, and they hide from it. And sometimes we don't have enough sense to hide from it and we need people to say, yo, duck. Right. Duck, duck, goose. Duck. Uh-huh. If yeah. you don't, that's going to hit you bad, right? Uh-huh. So, and that's why sometimes we are in people's lives to be those people Absolutely. who tell them like, yo, bro, this is where you duck, right? People, of course, can be ignorant and prideful and, you know, they say, you know what, I am, I know I'm not going to make it, uh-huh. um, but I'm going in anyways. Right. Um, and there's nothing you can do about that situation, but I think still, don't use your past disappointments because you tried to hold such and such accountable and it didn't work out. And then, so, and so as a result of that, you... You don't want to do it again because it's like, ah, it just doesn't work. So what's the point? Uh-huh. You know, never stop because God is going to hold you accountable yeah. for the fact that you didn't hold people accountable. So you have to call people out. Of course, we just, you know, I mean, if you go to the book of Timothy chapter three, it says, you know, you do that with gentleness. Chapter nice. two, sorry. You know, you do that with gentleness. You don't just do it for the sake of doing it. You're mm-hmm. gentle about it. You come from a place of love, love and concern mm-hmm. and care. Right. Um, but you do it nonetheless. Yeah, the fruits call, of the spirit have got to kick in, brother. Yeah, you, you, you call people out. You know, right. you see a married friend that's uh, about to cheat on their spouse, call them out. Mm-hmm. You see a friend who's about to you know, sexually assault someone. You see a person who's about to, you know, commit fraud, bribe somebody, like whatever that thing is, you know, somebody who's slanderous and they slander someone. And even if they do deserve that slander, like the Bible doesn't say that, you know, you can do it when, um, call them out. You see us doing some shady stuff. Actually, the Bible says, don't be a slanderer. Exactly. Right. So you see us do some, Call us out. Call us out. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you see Henry out there in a supermarket doing something shady. Call him out. You see Ben in short shorts running around <laughs> talking to someone. Call him out. <laughs> call me out. Don't be afraid. Call me out. Why is you had to bring you, you had to bring up the short shorts. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> okay. So. No, but in light of that, we, we said fear and reverence for the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In addition to that, Proverbs 3, Chain twenty two says, do not let that wisdom, that fear of the Lord, and understanding out of your sight and therefore preserve sound judgment and discretion and there will be life amen amen exactly amen amen to that so um this has been the what if we keep it real podcast i am your host ben odin and i'm your host henry sondo see you next time and you have a blessed day come on now